Hello and welcome back to No Capes Season 3. This show is usually recorded as a video talk show, so if you want to see what we're talking about in the show, check it out on YouTube as well. And if you'd like to support the show, you could consider subscribing at Patreon or donating to Ko-fi. For now, kick back, relax, grab your coffee, and enjoy the show. This episode was recorded before Rye Hickman's public name change, so please use Rye Hickman in any quotes, questions, tweets, uh, or messages to the podcast that you may have. Thanks very much. All right, hello everyone, and welcome back to No Capes, the show where we talk about creator-owned comics with creators who own comics. Uh, with me today is the incredible Sally Cantorino. Sally, would you like to introduce yourself to everyone? Hi, I'm Sally Cantorino. I am a comic book artist and illustrator based out of New Jersey. Um, I've worked on the Final Girls from Comixology through their uh, Comixology Unlimited line. And I have done work at Vault, including I Walk With Monsters, and currently we're halfway through Human Remains with Peter Milligan. <laughs> I, I'm really excited about that. I, even my partner's curious about that. They don't read nearly as many comics as I do, but they keep seeing it over my shoulder and be like, <laughs> That looks really cool, but also really scary. I think I want to read it, but I'm not sure. <laughs> it's 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 been an intense comic to draw. <laughs> it, yeah, I can I can imagine. Like, there's been some intense scenes in it, so I can only imagine how it has been at, to actually yeah. be doing the art. But uh, it's it's been really cool. So definitely, everyone, I'm gonna link that in the description and go check that comic out because it is inevitable that I'm going to be talking about that with someone on the show at some point. Uh, it's, it is such a good book. I very much predict that it's going to turn up in somebody's list. I think it might have already, actually. I've got to go through the rest of the guests that I've got booked for this season and find out who's picked <laughs> what. But, uh, Excited to see. Yeah, me too. I, I really want to talk about it because I, I have thoughts and feelings. So I'm excited to sit down with somebody and, and have that. Um, and the next two issues, I feel like, are going to address those thoughts and feelings, but I can't wait that long, so... <laughs> <laughs> we could talk about it all, like, all there. <laughs> um, no spoilers. Yeah, but today, today we're talking about Test. Uh, this is probably the third or fourth Christopher Savella book that we've had on the show, uh, which is never a bad thing. Uh, and of course, with um, Jen Hickman being involved, Jen is coming on the show as well. I can't wait for that. Uh, it's a really good book. And with Hassan Oe on lettering, it's always always a pleasure to read anything with uh, Hassan on board for lettering. So uh, I have refreshed myself on like the first issue or so, but it's been a while since I read this. So... Fair warning, everyone, I'm not really not going to remember as much as Sally is, but <laughs> we're going to get into it, and in a few minutes, I'll give you the, the standard warning of when to bugger off and read the comic if you want to avoid spoilers. <laughs> All right, so as you can see, I've got the, the, the double page spread up for the audience you, to, to see of the, the wraparound cover, which is really, really cool. Um, I love this cover it was the thing this was the first thing I ever saw of the book was just this cover and I was like I don't know what it is but Chris is writing it and it looks really sci-fi and interesting so let's do this um, yeah 
just the coloring and everything is really, really interesting on the way they've done the cover and stuff. So Jen, Jen Hickman did the variant covers for I Walk With Monsters. So yeah. I'm really excited to like talk about a comic that they did the interior art for. Because that was just every single cover <clears throat> that they turned in. It was just stunning. Yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed all the covers for I Walk With Monsters as well, actually. That's, again, it was the, before I even got to see any of the sequentials and stuff, just seeing the covers with those monsters that you've designed and everything, I was just like, I don't know, again, I, I don't know what this <laughs> is, but I want to know. <laughs> this looks like some see, weird stuff, good cover. that's my bag. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you know it's a good cover. <laughs> And but yeah, like props to you for, with the the design of those monsters and stuff. They're weird and freaky, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, much later on in the comic, Jen's uh, Jen's trippy designs for things are just amazing. Yeah, just the the world building that they do in their art. Yeah, especially like once you get to issues like four and five. Where things just start to break down. <laughs> yeah, no, I am I, definitely going to... This is the thing that happens. I always refresh myself on the first couple of issues for the comics. And then I'm like, no, I need to go and reread the entire series as soon as I finish talking on yeah. the show. Yeah, so. so I read that as it was coming out, I think it was like early 2020. Yeah. Or was it late 2019 or early 2020? I don't remember. I think I, my brain is spaghetti after the last 25 months. I think it might um, be late 2019. I'll just check. So it was nice to it was nice to come back to it and reread it as just like a whole trade paperback. Yeah. As opposed to as issues. No, it, that's exactly right. Like I I did that the other day and went back and reread something for the show and just reading the whole thing all at once. Because like reading it episodically is fun. But mm -hmm. You can often forget a lot of stuff before you finish it. And so, like, going back and rereading it as a whole thing and seeing, like, cluing into all the stuff at the start that ends up being in the end. Yeah. Just, like, scrolling back, like, wait, 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 hold on. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I've seen that before. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, when I was talking with Dan about um, Fearscape, and we were talking through and flipping through the pages, and I noticed when some of the villains in the thing first appeared, there's a thing that's revealed about those villains right near the end, but it was broadcast from the first wordless panel that you see them. Yeah. And, but I completely missed that on the first read-through because I wasn't looking for it. Mm-hmm. And I love, I love that sort of stuff where there's things right in the end that you come back to and you're like, oh, oh yeah, there, there it is. There's that thing. Yeah. Yeah. You'll see, you're like, why does this seem familiar? Why did, why, where do I remember this from? Yeah. And that's, and, and so this book is, is a cool, it's a, a fairly short series if I remember rightly, isn't it? Five issues. Yeah. Which is never a bad thing like that's a lot of my favorite books are only five issues or so because they're just a very neatly contained story oh um, yeah i'm a big fan of comics having just like you know five six seven eight issues and that's that's it that's the arc yeah that's done you've told a complete story 
Exactly, and then see it. Like some some books need more, but I love a book that can tell a super engaging story in like six issues. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, and, and this one focuses on uh, Aleph Null, our main character here with the curly curly hair and the hoodie. Um, who's a, a body hacker and tech addict, and. We're very quickly introduced to the name of this this town, Laurelwood, and he's looking for Laurelwood for insert reason here. Yeah, you don't find out until later. Yeah, and like the, I'm not gonna say anything about it because we're not on that page yet. But the first look we get at Laurelwood is really weird and interesting as well yeah it reminds me of in the morrison run of doom patrol like the first time you see danny the street Mm. yep yep i I actually remember reading that and thought that was cool i loved danny the street um and, and straight up here like i'm i'm obviously anyone who knows me and can hear me knows i'm not american so i can't relate to a lot of very specific American experiences, but from what I know of the U.S., from media and stuff like that, like, this page really, like, feels like that sort of rural backwoods road, you know, like, the the dust and the farmland and, you know, the hazy tones and stuff like that really... It evokes that emotion of, like, the... This is... This has been a long trip. They are in the middle of who knows where. Yeah, Yeah, I've driven across the southern half of the country twice, and it's like, yeah, I could believe this is somewhere in, like, West Texas. Like, this looks like so many places that we drove past in Texas. Yep. Uh, And that's the thing that I always find interesting. Like, I can always tell immediately when there's a scene like this if a book is set in Australia or America. (laughs) <laughs> by how yellow versus how red it is. Yeah. Because like, if you, you were driving around the same sort of road here, everything would be orange. Because of the red dirt. Mm-hmm. We just... My boyfriend and I just rewatched um Road Warrior. Because he's mm. working on an RPG that he's working out rules for car combat in. So we've been watching, like, Road Warrior, um, Death Race 2000, and it's just like, you can tell that it's like, oh yeah, this is definitely Australia. Like, rocks are not that shape in in this continent. (laughs) Things are not that color in this continent. It's a different soil. Yeah. It's a different, like, just ecosystem. Yep, it's it's always funny like that, because you can always tell when something that's set in Australia is actually filmed not in Australia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like when um, something, we were watching uh, the Chucky TV show and it's like it's set in New Jersey and it's like this is not New Jersey. <laughs> this is this is Toronto. <laughs> this is absolutely not New Jersey. <laughs> uh, so overall, like, give us a, a synop- your synopsis of the book. Like, what do you love about it? What is it about this story that gets your attention? Um, so yeah, so the main synopsis of the book, for me, when I'm reading it, is you have this character, um, Aleph Null, who's like a body hacker, who 
has kind of spent their life traveling around being a guinea pig for tech and medical companies and has all these modifications. Um, it's set in this like near future that doesn't feel that far away now reading it mm. in the midst of all of this like nightmare cryptocurrency NFT oh <laughs> reality we live in. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, oh, okay, I can see this being a reality in 10 years. But, you know. Um, yeah. Anyway, before I start talking about disparities oh. in healthcare in America. Um, yeah, I was about to yeah, say, they, like, don't they, even get me started on the crypto yeah. NFT stuff. We could talk about that for hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, back to the comic. You, know, you, you see that, like, in the first issue, it goes very quickly from, like, Aleph being dropped off in this very vacant area to dealing with this threat of like repo men you know and, and then it's like well what is this yeah um and from there it's sort of you slowly start to uncover Aleph's past the context of the world that Aleph's living in and then re like reality starts to break down you know <laughs> um and it's really a book that's about growth and change and you know how growth is uncomfortable and painful and messy and self-care and caring for yourself is something that's you know challenging and painful and you know not not fun Instagram slogans sometimes <laughs> um <laughs> yeah and that's it like self-care is work yeah like it's very easy for especially for people that really need it like you know like neurodivergent folks you know like it can be really easy to completely forget <laughs> yeah and i you know and i i Aleph is definitely dealing with addiction and substance abuse issues and trauma and grief and loss and looking for ways to fill the spaces you know, left in their life by this grief and loss and, you know, they're looking for community, they're looking for something to make them feel at home in their body. Um, they're looking for a place that feels like home. Um, and it's one of the interesting things also in this uh, series is in the first couple issues, they're talking to this um it's it's like is it a therapist is it like a digital assistant like a siri or alexa yes yeah, so i don't accidentally set off my ipad um <laughs> <laughs> you know like are they or everybody else's devices sorry um <laughs> yeah they're talking to it. it's like is it a therapist is it like a phone assistant is it a person like a real person on the other end is it a computer what is it you know, they're they're talking to this entity called Mary, um, and it's sort of both like a therapist and a way for them to just talk to someone. Yeah. Um, and then the identity and entity that Mary is is revealed later on in a really interesting way, I think. Uh, honestly, excuse me, honestly looking forward to rereading that because I've forgotten what Mary is. <laughs> and like uh, rereading it, I was like, and "Nope, that memory's completely gone. I need to. Who is this? What are they?" <laughs> also, 
even after rereading it, I completely forgot about this panel on page... What page is this? Page 8, where the Repo Men follow Aleph into the cornfield. <laughs> it's just the blood coming out of the cornfield. Yeah, it's just like... <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> oh, it's it's great. It's great. Yeah. And then they just come out of the cornfield with covered in blood, and you're just like, okay. Yes. Hi. Uh, all right. Because there's nothing in the first couple pages that, like, really makes you think, oh, this is going to happen. Yeah. This... Like, it just looks like, oh, oh, Aleph's just going to run away from these cops. Yeah, which is introduced to Aleph, and Aleph, if, to all appearances, is just a skinny little punk. You know, skinny little emo yeah. goth punk kid. <laughs> and then suddenly they've... This... With a suitcase that weighs as much as they do. Yeah, and, and then suddenly they just geysered some dudes in a park. <laughs> and you're just like, how? Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, Jen's page layout there is great. Yeah. I I would re be remiss not to point out that Harry Saxon's colors are Oh, yeah. I was... Beautiful, beautiful in this first issue. I mean, the whole comic. Yeah. But the, like, contrast of colors between, you know, what what's happening in real time, what's sort of overlaid in memory, what's That's... kind of happening in Aleph's head and not in reality. Yep. The use of color is really... Yeah, I, I'm literally looking at that right now, and that's that present day versus memory was exactly what I was about to mention. So uh, it's, it's really cool. I love sort of the muted blues that they yeah, use. Yeah, that just blue overlay. That It feels very much like you're looking at something through like a, a screen yeah yeah exactly yeah it does actually like it could be just Aleph replaying this memory to themselves through their mods mm-hmm yeah and like it, it and honestly it's the the looking at the the captions and stuff on it it probably is just the repo guys watching Aleph's rap sheet yeah through like surveillance camera. Yeah. Stop that comicsology. Yeah. Another thing about this this first um, sequence and you bringing up being like being able to tell that this is set in America, it just reminds me of things like uh, Milligan's Shade, the Changing Man, and parts of Animal Man and parts of The Invisibles, where it's like all of these British Invasion comics writers who went to America for the first time to do like a book tour or to sign doc, you know, yeah. sign papers at DC or whatever, and then coming back to Britain and being like, "All right, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna set this in this weird, like alien world that is yep. the middle of America." <laughs> yep, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly really looking forward to uh, messing with some stuff like that. Um, I'm writing a ton of anthology pitches at the moment because there's so many really interesting ones that have just opened up this year. And I'm yeah. trying to encourage as many other Australian creators to get into these anthologies and just start writing <laughs> weird uh, Australian stories about, you know, like the, the horror you know, Australia, the the continent, is a really great source of horror with the the open expanses and just like desert and massive rainforests yeah. and endless scrub 
and then you know supposedly cute looking furry hoppy critters that'll <laughs> grab you and drown you <laughs> we need more australian horror i think yeah I, i'm really looking forward to that um i, I got a one of my friends here um Ben runs a group called Indigitech, who are like an indigenous tech company, and like uh, they do a lot of internet-based stuff. And they have their own D and D group that streams, called the Chicken Salt Base. Uh, but I've been sending him every single anthology that I see. Like, I don't know if you know anyone, man, but please send this out to your group because you guys are all really creative and clever and funny and if anybody wants to start writing comics get them involved in these pitches send them up to me i will introduce them to the people i know that are far more experienced at this than me but i want to see you guys write some stories because your group is incredible yeah and we were just talking about it the other day how like a genre anthology by all indigenous creators would be amazing i'm like I'm not the person to to do that, obviously, but please, yeah, somebody... I would be happy to. I would be happy to fund it and back it. Yeah, yeah, I would back you the know? hell out of it. I, <laughs> you know, I would introduce you to all of my letterer friends. I would introduce you to my editor friends. You know, I will. Yeah, I will Colorist. give you every resource and asset that I have at my disposal to help with that. But I would love to see some indigenous creators get together, and I don't care what genre it is. You know, comedy, sci-fi, horror, fantasy, any of it would be amazing because I see so many amazing creations from the indigenous community here that I just want to read more and see more coming out of it. And there's not enough Australian comics creators as it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would, I would really love to see that. So if anybody is watching this episode and wants to do that, Please feel free to reach out. I'll send you links to all the anthologies that I'm seeing, and I'll just I'll just throw every single online resource I know about at you to start you on that journey. But back to the comic at hand. Back to the comic. <laughs> <laughs> we got a little derailed. Sorry, um, it, it it always happens, which is one of the things yeah. I love about this show is just the things that everybody likes to talk about and brings up, and just learning more about where everyone's from and what their background in creating comics is, is always really fun. Um, but yeah, we're we're here with uh, Aleph, and I love this panel in the middle after that um, that flashback with the the repo men re reading their rap sheet. Um, the central mm -hmm. panel with like the the wispy energy and the stars in the background and just Aleph yeah. washed blue and like really makes Aleph seem post human. You know, like, yeah, it makes it's like is this something that just Aleph sees? Is this some is this like a Aurora Borealis kind of thing? Is this mm. something that they can they can sense because of their mods that yeah. transcends what human like i think they call like normal humans like safes yeah yeah <laughs> i remember that and and that's the thing like like some of that sort of art of aleph with the washed out blue was the first thing i saw uh after the covers of this i'm like okay so is this is this a person is this an ai are they as an android and so like yeah. getting into it and finding like they yeah they're kind of just like a young punk that's into cybernetic body mods was 
not exactly what I was expecting. And it was really cool to watch how it continues to go. Yeah, and when, you know, as you go through the comic, um, it, it kind of is just like the list of modifications that they've had done just grows and grows. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's also like slowly revealed. Yeah, and, and this is the panel that I love that I mentioned earlier. Um, what page is that? It's the page after that one where Aleph first walks into Laurelwood. Or at least is hallucinating that they've walked into Laurelwood. Yeah, that, that splash page. Yeah, and there's all the the robots and like a stream of liquid nanotech just yeah. wiggling along the road. And like a a dragonfly-esque drone hovering in the corner. It's just... Yeah, that, that you almost like miss until the next page yeah. when it, uh... When, when it gets Aleph. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. This is probably is the same thing, isn't it? Because it looks... It, the, it, it, yeah, it, it is, is. Yeah, here it looks massive. But it's probably just that it's... Yeah, it's a perspective thing. That's Yeah, because really... then on the next page you see it in their hand and it's like, palm, like smaller than palm size. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Actually, that might be a different drone. Because that one looks like it has wings, but this one's got, like, a helicopter yeah. blade on the top. Oh, okay, yeah. It's got, like, a purple helicopter blade and then a long, yeah. wormy body. But it could just be, the, you know, like, the way it's been smashed. But that would be really interesting if it's if that's the thing. Because I, I love the little, little bits like that. But I'm also noticing the um, very uh, Mothman meets Silver Surfer figure way <laughs> in the distance above the bridge. Yeah. And I don't know if we ever get to see anything about that figure again, but I would love to know more about that. I, li I like the, the guy with the long legs walking around on the rooftop. Yes. Yeah, that, that one's really cool. Yeah, it, yeah, like these kind of tech, the, these sort of amorphous, they're not... It's, it's interesting because they have somewhat natural biological shapes. Like, there's one that almost makes, like, a tree shape mm. at the intersection. But it's also, you know, like, clearly tech. Yeah, it's, it, yeah. It, it's just, the designs are just really. Yeah, it's, it looks like a sentient pile of that ferrofluid. Yeah. Or, like, mercury. Yeah. And just, I, I can tell you, I would love to work with Hickman. On something I really would um, I, I actually approached them to see if they were interested in doing one of these anthologies recently but they were flat out for the, they said like the, the almost their year, entire year is already booked out which I expected yeah there's, there's a few people them. yeah exactly <laughs> there are a few people who are on my my wish list of even if it's one page I want to work with you <laughs> um, but I also am like I know I'm going to have to book you, like, two years in advance. Yeah. <laughs> unless I happen to catch you on a lucky break. Yeah, I'm, like, booked out, like, into next year. It's, like, it's great, but it's also, like, there's so many things that I want to do. <laughs> I, exactly. I know exactly but what you mean. But it's, you know. Um, and, and that's the thing. Like, pretty much any Chris Sabella book that's out, I want to work with the art team that he had on that book. 
He picks really great artists to work he, with. He does. He's uh, he's got a real talent for picking the yeah. the artists for the books that he has put out. Uh, and like, I mean, we're like we're it's a show talking about like creator own stuff. I always look at, like what Chris does as like that is really a tra- I don't say trajectory, but like a, a path through creator owned that I really admire. Mm. Where it's just like he just he just does his I don't be like oh he does his own thing it's like I just look at someone in the creator own space and it's like that's that's how I want to do it yeah I, I know what you mean I know exactly what you mean um uh, and Chris was really great to have on the show too actually like for that reason I got to learn a lot from Chris about how he thinks about comics and stuff and it was just really interesting to hear all of his thoughts and especially on the book that we talked about Um, We did Assassination, and just both of us sitting there chuckling about fuck Tarkington was really fun. (laughs) Uh, I'll have to go back and find that episode. Um, Yeah, I'll I'll send you a link, because Chris had a lot of really fun things to say about that book, and um, also Erica Henderson, if you're watching this, let's talk. I really want to have you on the show. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like... This team, like the colorist and and artist team for this book was a perfect match. Yeah. Like Yeah, I I love um the sort of it's almost this mix of like textured sort of watercolor textures yeah. and then these slick highlights that feel more techy. Like I'm looking at the page where um, Aleph walks into the hotel that's, like, stagecoach-themed bar. Yeah. And it's, like, there's textures. There's, like, this watercolor texture to it. But there's also these highlights that are so artificial and shiny. Yeah, I can I can see what you mean. And it's... And it's so anachronistic, too, because, like, outside, everything was... Well, at least... The way Aleph saw it was all gleaming and chrome and and drones mm-hmm. and then neon. Yeah, and suddenly we walk into this bar and it's like the early seventies inside. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're back into that warm palette from the first couple of pages, and there's like a line. Is it on this page or the next page? Um, pops of color in a midwestern ocean of yellows and browns. And it's yeah. just like there's there's lines in this comic that just it's like ah oh, so good, right? And here, does Aleph have their tongue split? I think so. Yeah, I was I was a little confused yeah. looking at this panel before, but now that I'm looking at it again, I'm like, oh, I think they've done got their tongue bifurcated. Yeah. Because, like, that's the first time really seeing it so far in the book. And so I had, I had no context for the fact that... But it makes sense with all the other mods that they've got. Why wouldn't they? Yeah. I love the glowing tattoos as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That, like, bit of... And it's nice because it's this, like, little bit of this, like, light blue, white tech that always sort of pops and glows in these scenes of um, 
of, of these like mid the midwestern yellows and browns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just yeah, it's like it's like this this flash of neon. And Yeah, this sort of reminds you that they're they're kind of like of another world. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then we're we're getting the uh this scenes of them being in some kind of a facility like at at first i thought it might have been a mental health facility but then i'm reading it about how they were being referred to as subjects mhm mm so like okay so that's not that's not what's going on at all and and they're referred to as the portfolio yeah you know and it makes one of the things about this comic that i sort of have come back to reading it now in this sort of mid-pandemic time is thinking about how how much socializing has had to be moved onto the internet yeah. and how it, it you end up having to kind of flatten your identity you know your 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 screen name your your um user pick you know it's you're an entity on the internet rather than like, oh, here's this person that I'm interacting with at Starbucks. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Exactly. And then, yeah, um, even you, you know, your own neighbors now are potential source of fear in, you know, like, it's such a different world. Like, that sort of connection at the moment is just so alien. Yeah. And yeah, it, I, I think yeah. It's just that like, the the way that social media, you know, how much um, socializing has to be done on social media rather than in person at conventions or in person, you know, even just at a friend's house, um, how it changes, you know, the the way you sort of feel, the way you kind of have to flatten, and have your sort of like online persona and then you're like you know you're you're, you're messy off screen <laughs> off screen person life <laughs> anyway back to the comic yes yeah so you get the plot reveal about like Laurelwood. yeah 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 they they, they yeah they talk about this and they, they, yeah the fact that it moves supposedly mm-hmm and then this line, getting there isn't easy, take sacrifice, suffering. Yeah. It's just, it ties back into the theme of, like, self-care and changing yourself and making yourself the best version of yourself that you can be that's, you know, true to you. Not the best person of yourself for other people, but the best person that you can be that's true to yourself mm. isn't easy. It is messy and like there's a reason they're called growing pains <laughs> you know they're not it's not called that for nothing yeah right and and that's the thing they, yeah, they're talking about self-care here and like they're yeah they're doing all of these things with their enhancements and like they got the magnetic fingertips and you start to see that they've also got like a little hatch on their ankle yeah yeah, I mean, it goes from that line of, like, getting there isn't easy, takes 
you know, take sacrifice, take suffering. And then the next one is the next page is Aleph talking about like their form of self care. Mm. You know, it's like tending to all of these modifications that they've made. Yeah. And, and then the next page again, they're talking like they're talking about the sapes and start to mention about being a professional guinea pig. So we start to get a bit more of an inkling about what maybe that facility was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I forget if it's this, this issue or later, but they, you know, they talk about how it's, like, it's their job. They travel up and down the, like, East Coast <laughs> and go to all these, you know, give fake names mm. to be part of these trials. Oh, yeah, yeah, caravanning down, up and down the East Coast, heading south for the Research Triangle. Yeah, yeah, cool. I I missed that before. I like that little that little touch. And I, I I love again the anachronism here is like really old brick buildings, and then this weird little sci-fi outdoor Roomba zipping around. Yeah, and then like the page after that, there's this like weird smart car and this guy in like a helmet screen and a washable 1080p TV. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right? But, uh, you know, it, it's like this juxtaposition of the, you know, like, oh, washable TV um, next to, like, on the door where there's, like, an old-timey, like, we'll be back in five sign. Yeah, right? <laughs> I want to know the story about that car seat that's on display in the window, though. Like yeah. Like a car seat and a steering wheel with no so blades, no mess. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Why are there blades? <laughs> Why are there blades? Yeah, and then there's like a helicopter drone. Yeah. And then again, instantly he's like, I, I need to talk to Mary as well. Yeah. I love this scene with the like, they're in the grocery store and they're like, I've gone in the grocery store because this is like familiarity. Yeah. You know, it's like you can go to any Target and like, barring one target that's laid out backwards in New Jersey. It's like every target's laid out the same. <laughs> every Walmart is sort of the same weird place at 1am. Yeah. It's like the same brands, You like, same brands are everywhere. Yeah, I've never had the opportunity to experience the weirdness of Walmart, unfortunately. Um, I, I've been, I've only been to America once. I went to San Francisco and where I was staying and like where I could get to there wasn't a Walmart anywhere nearby I really wanted to experience <laughs> that but you have to go at like 2 in the morning yeah <laughs> I'm really curious about that panel in where Aleph is up against the fridge and this mm. like mall cop walks up and and whispers something and then immediately triggers one of the mods. Like, I think I think that that mall cop is one of the repo men. Yeah. Because you see the repo men get killed in the cornfield, and then, like, spoilers, later on the repo men show up again, and they're just like, yeah, we get, like, 3D printed in batches of 12. Like, there's just clones of the same, like, 12 repo men. So I think that, yeah, they, this guy just, like... Um, 
triggers some kind of mod. Yeah. In in uh, Aleph. And then he's like, you know, someone call Bob, and then like a couple issues later, you find out who Bob is, and you're just like, oh, this is the worst dude. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Um, like if if he he seems like he would be played by I don't know if you're watching or if you have it in Australia Netflix, um, Archive eighty one. You're like, oh, this guy's played by like Martin Donovan. Uh, like, I've I've heard of that. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's on Australian Netflix or not. It's really annoying. We don't get half the stuff that you guys do. Then we get to the library scene. Oh my god, right? What scene, the hell? Which is like, why Why do these old people have swords? Yeah, exactly. Like, they just, as soon as he walks in, no hesitation, just whoosh. No hesitation, just <laughs> swords out. Yeah, and I love uh, yeah. Tedward. Tedward, yeah. <laughs> like, what? what is that? <laughs> Tedward. <laughs> yeah. Because I, yeah. I love this. The Tedward like stabs them in in the hand, and they're pretty cool about it. They're just like, "Oh, I got stigmata now." Yeah, <laughs> right. And then and they just like, sit down and patch them up. The... Yeah, and then you see the like repo men outside again. They're back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they. I remember seeing them, like, coming out of their car as Aleph ran into the bookstore. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, all right. So they're, they're really after them. Like, they must have some sort of tracking on the mods. Yeah. Well, then there, you get into the whole thing with the, like, the NDA. Like, mm. the, it's, like is that, like, the non-disclosure agreement? Yeah, it must be, yeah. That's what I always read it as. You know, this idea that it's like you come into this town and then you you can't talk about what's there. Right. You've signed the NDA. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. Ah, uh, here we go. Yeah, they're starting to talk about the drone and... Uh-huh. Uh Yeah, yeah, the, that's yeah. what the injection was. The injection was the NDA. Yeah. Which is like, oof, because, I mean, reading this in the context of, like, oh, yeah, I know that, like, my phone is listening to everything that I do. <laughs> yeah. And, like, anti-vaxxers being like, they're putting a microchip in you. It's like, they don't need to. Yeah, <laughs> they right. They don't need to. Your phone hears everything you do. This... This is a GPS. They don't need uh, a chip to track you. They can just find out where your phone is. They're talking here about how the second you step into the town, that's you agreeing to the NDA. Yeah. Like, that's so weird. (laughs) Yeah. Um... But yeah, and then it cuts to this I, this great little, like, scene where this is this is sort of the point in the comic where it, it like, it feels t- to me, like, when I'm reading that reality is starting to unravel, like, you see these, um, things growing on the house. Yeah, this, right. It's like nanotech growing on the house that's almost like, you know, like, like kudzu. <laughs> mm. 
And then when they're walking in the street itself, these like hexagons where it's like, oh, this this street is being like procedurally created to look like asphalt, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's being generated as they walk. And I imagine, you know, like, it probably shifts around and changes. It's like, it's like a dead, dead cells if it was a town. Yeah. You know, every time it's a little bit different. And I, I love, like, where you here, there's this building that's just bashed to bits and boarded up and it's like how does this exist in this town where everything is taken care of by this tech yeah and I love that there's like a black hole in the house and Aleph just immediately just sticks their head right in it <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah right just love that just like first instinct is like I'm just gonna stick my head in this yeah, it's the no, worst that could happen right <laughs> no hesitation <laughs> yeah and it's like it's like a high-tech, like, you know, like, one-way glass mirror. Yeah. And then you get into the history of the town. This, like, weird company town. Yeah. Kind of thing. That really reminds me of, like, us, you know, you seeing now, like, SpaceX moving into Texas, and it's just, oh, like... right. Ruin, like, really wrecking these places that it's adjacent to. Yeah. There's a, just the whole history of Appalachia and different parts of the countries that are just like industries moving in and just wrecking an area, mm. and wrecking the communities and wrecking the environment. Yep, and you that's know? it. And it's just just new new uh, new industries. Same same shit. New industries. Yeah, <laughs> like... exactly. There's a there's a, a part of North Queensland here where you can set the river on fire. Yeah. Because of that, because the, yeah, there's like methane natural gas bubbling up through the river because of all the fracking and you can just yeah. light the surface of the water on fire it's it's hectic yeah it's 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 really messed up like <laughs> and i mean i think this comic is about that too because it's on you know you, you see that it's like both on this like personal physical bodily level with the characters in the comic and then it's also like on this community level mm. in the town itself yeah right and like this is this is hectic too where they're like trying to get the nanotech out of Aleph yeah and like we're seeing the history of like Aleph trying to put implants in themselves as well as going to these facilities yeah there's two things that i want to talk about in these two pages one is just the scene where like it'll just spits blood and they assume it's like nano machines yeah <laughs> like they assume it's like it, it's like an acid weapon yeah. <laughs> and it's like now it's just blood yeah the other is just like another one of those lines that's just like you know gets me right in the gut it's like you give you give yourself away all the time. I just learned to choose which parts I was happy to part with, mm. which was just extremely prescient when we talk about like social media and privacy, and like you know you you, you choose you got to choose 
what yeah. you're going to share with people, you know? Yeah, it's like, exactly. I got to be emotionally vulnerable and relatable, but not so much that it makes me makes people uncomfortable or makes people not want to hire me because I look unstable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly it. That's isn't it? But like, I have to look like I'm a person that has feelings so yeah. that people relate to the art that I'm posting, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, it's learned from monetized videos and listicles. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just, like, yeah, that balance of, like, what do I share, what what don't I share? Keeping that, as uh, as my friend Taylor Esposito calls it, um, the backstage area. Mm. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, ha having a back, let it, like, knowing to have a backstage. Yeah. And let yourself have, like, here's my professional persona, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like delicate balance. Right? It, it, it is. It really is. Like, I try to, you know, not change myself too much for what I put forward. But in saying that, I still very much control what information is allowed out into the world. Because, like, yeah. yeah, I want people to know who I am so they know what they're getting into. And if they want to work with me, they want to work with me. But also, you don't need to know about everything that goes on back here. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be as honest about who I am and what my limitations are and what my life is like as I can. But you don't need to know the specific nitty-gritty details of that life. That stuff yeah. is for people I know in the real world. Yeah. I mean, I encountered this when I was working on I Walk With Monsters because in the midst of working on that book, uh, my dad passed away. And, you know, a, a dad passed... A, a father dying suddenly of a heart attack <laughs> you know and my my dad had cardiac issues from his disease as well you know it's just like well how much of that do i share in real time mm. and how much do i just kind of like channel into the comic and like hope that people who read it can see that it's coming from an authentic place yeah without having to be like here's all the like horrible details right no and i, I, I get exactly what you mean and and it is like that's that's those are hard decisions to make yeah like it's like i have to disclose it because it has an effect on the art that i have just been creating in real time as this thing has been happening in my real life yeah and is coming out you know two months later but also like you know you don't need to like you don't need to know no no exactly. i shouldn't feel obligated to you know Tell, tell you all of my traumas and issues just to have you like believe that I'm coming from an authentic place exactly and and that's... so yeah it's that it's it's that choice like you you choose you choose which is your what things you're happy to part with yeah Aleph's confronting the the bloody uh yeah the repo the man Reaperman and like realizing that no I already killed this guy <laughs> Yeah, and then they're like, yeah, we get 3D printed in batches of 12. Like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah, it was like, I killed you in a cornfield. They're like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's no worries. There's more of you. Yeah. That's weird how they're talking about the, the human dirty bomb thing. And then... Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then, like, the planned obsolescence. Yeah. 
right. supposed to break with all the consequences. Damage is how we get our best data, which is like really grim when you think about how the U.S. is handling COVID right now. It's like, yeah, oh. we're kind of working on the same principle of like, we'll, we'll just see how it goes. Yeah, it, it's become much the same here since December as well. And it's a whole thing. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. yeah, and then there's, like, the police officers who yeah. are, I guess, the, the Laurel Woods. Yeah, and it looks like now it. now that, like, nanotech is being used to, like, restrain. Yeah, they've got Kayla. this weird little, like, sonic thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because it, it's like, yeah, I guess the Repo Men is also tech. Yeah, right? They're also just tech. Yeah, like they're they're yeah. yeah they're an asset. Yeah, and then we get a little more of like what's going on, you know, mm. this juxtaposition of Alif in the cop car looking at the world, this double page spread that's great, that like goes back and forth between present Alif and their past, their backstory, like yeah, them in the the caravan, the van to do these studies and like talking about that life you know and the things that they've gone through yeah it's like um there was no heaven no earth to inherit who wanted that fucking responsibility like such a great line yeah it really is but then like immediately as well as that like The cops aren't taking him to the station. No, they're they aren't taking, taking him to, them to Bob's the house. Yeah. <laughs> Where Bob is just this schmuck who lives with his mom. Right? Like, I'm looking at this, this frame of Bob, and Bob reminds me of someone very specific, but I can't put my finger on it right now. I mean, same. Like, I, I know they're there's... Just... There's so, but it's just this archetype, right? Of like this, like blustering sort of like you know, like car salesman, tech guy. Not like tech bro, but like a past generation of tech guy. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, I was big in tech in the eighties. Yeah, and I was also like a quarterback. <laughs> it kind of reminds me. Have you watched Willy's Wonderland? Yes. Kind of reminds yeah. me of that guy mixed with <laughs> yeah. Richard Branson. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he does look like Richard Branson. That's it. <laughs> that yeah, like if, if generation of like entrepreneur, right? Like tech guy. Yeah. If, if Richard Branson was a linebacker. <laughs> yeah. He's got Richard Branson hair. He does. Yeah. yeah. He does recall this, like, not this current generation of tech guys of like, Elon Musk and Bezos who are sort of like slimy mm. <laughs> slick <laughs> he's just he's more of this kind of like I'm a working guy who got into computers at the right time Yeah, he's the kind of guy who shows up in memes where it's like I started my company in my garage you could too and it's like you find out he's got like 8 billion dollars mm -hmm. from <laughs> from you know destroying the rainforest yeah right And then, yeah, this is the point where it's like, 
you start to get to like it's just it's sort of the same genre of you know things like um the matrix and the invisibles where it's like you you step out and you see this manufactured world yeah yeah and and like lenore's we went lenore with the uh little weird chair as well Mm mm-hmm yeah i love this juxtaposition of like this very 70s house and then the mom is in this high-tech like crab chair yeah and then the door rolls up like a blind Mm -hmm. that's cool i love that yeah i just i love this juxtaposition of this like um vintage house this aesthetic that i love and then it's like this crazy tech just kind of like in the basement (laughs) yeah Yeah, and then there's like a double page spread that starts to explain the world and that it's all just kind of like a marketing experiment. And explains, you know, you start to see what the nanotech is. Yeah, it's it's really like it's interesting the way that they've done it. It kind of reminds me in a way of like a corporate-backed version of the town that was eaten by bears. You know, yeah. I can't remember the name of the town or the book, but it was something along those lines of that, like, mm-hmm. libertarian town yeah. out in the sticks that tried to create their own society. Yeah. But it's like that, but backed by Bezos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, like, if that, um... I don't know if you had once again Netflix stuff that may not be on in Australia. Um, the documentary "Wild Wild Country," which is about the Rajneeshpuram um, cult moving into this small town in, uh, in the Pacific Northwest, I think Oregon, and try, like they're building a utopia. It's like that, but if mm. instead of trying to build like a you know a, a spiritual utopia for this guy who happened to have eight Rolls Royces. <laughs> Instead, it's like we're building a tech utopia. It's same, like, once again, that, like, the way that company towns are just so insidious and terrible. And, like, you see Amazon trying to break them back, and you're just like, oh, no. Yeah, right? <laughs> this this campus thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. like, campus. It's like, we're not a company town, we're a campus. Because <laughs> no. campus, you associate with colleges and learning. And... Right, like you know kids having parties yeah and like progression and innovation yeah. not like we're a campus we're not a yeah. town this like, is... there's something about campus that sort of implies that it's egalitarian in some way right <laughs> i love here how we're starting to discover like uh bob here is is tech himself yeah and the like giant like terms of agreement <laughs> that like, you <laughs> scroll through on your iPhone, like yeah. going from that to just like this horrible like triage scene, you know? Yeah, yeah. Jesus, it's yeah, it's it's intense, and it's such a it's a, such a good commentary, like you said, on this thing, this whole company towns and and corporations buying out humanity yeah 
essentially. And like, what are you? How much are you willing to sell? How much are you willing of your privacy? Are you willing to give up for that convenience or that? You know, not even always convenience. Sometimes it's like, well, I need this thing to survive. Yeah. Right. You know, I live in a place where I can't get this medical device easily, so I got to order it from Amazon, and it sucks. But you know, yeah, you got to pick what or or. I got to get grocery delivered because it can't go to the grocery store because of COVID. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, what we, are you choosing to give up? Are looking for. And you know, it's like yes, Laurelwood is this place where they think that the place is the community, and then you know you you find out that it's like, you know, spoilers. Laurel Laurelwood is an entity on itself unto itself. <laughs> And a companion. Yeah. Uh, I'm just now noticing on this cover for the, the preview cover for test three, the auditory enhancements that they've got mm -hmm. too. Yeah. I, I never noticed that detail before, but they've got like the little speakers embedded in their ears. Yeah. I mean, it's just like. I, I I'm a firm believer that like whatever you need to do to make yourself feel at home in the physical body you're in, go for it. You know, right. as long as it's not harming other people. Yeah, exactly. So I I just see Aleph as like, yeah, this is this is me getting, you know, me getting tattoos or right. You know, just do like you gotta just like you know, part of self care includes like finding what makes you feel most at home in your body because you got to be in it for the, your whole life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You get one and you have to do the best you can to make it hospitable for you. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that means, you know, finding what that means outside of the pressures of society too. So. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Like, if you're not harming anyone, do what you want with your own body. Yeah. It's your body. You know? It's your home. Like, that is your home. That is where you exist. This yeah, and is my shelter. But this is my home. Yeah. This is, this is the thing that I have to carry through the world. <laughs> and it's like, what can I do to make it feel hospitable? Or to let, you know, distinguish what is society telling me is wrong... And that I have to be just like, you know what? I gotta just let that go. <laughs> yeah. And, and this is, that's, you know. again, like, that is equally hard to learn. Yeah. Is, like, to learn what what is society and what is correct and what is, you know, society just trying to impose insecurities and arbitrary yeah, rules on you. Yeah, whether it's like Eurocentric beauty standards or thinness or certain gender presentations needing to pass or needing to be cis, like right, neurotypical have, standards. You know. Mm-hmm. Like the yeah, the world very much is built for neurotypical people. Like I I saw these little speakers in Aleph's ears and I was immediately like, yeah, if someone came up to me and said that there was a body mod I could get to help me and Robin with our auditory processing disorder. <laughs> they just turn it off for a little bit. Yeah. 
They can filter out everything except for vocals when I'm talking to someone so I can concentrate a little more. I'm not distracted by every little sound or can't understand what someone is saying to me, even though they're right in front of me because there's too much other noise. Heck yes. Cut my ear open. Put a speaker (laughs) in it. Do that. You know, like I would do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, and it, you know, and it goes back to Aleph being like, "Why, why is this a bad thing?" <laughs> this, you know. Yeah, I, I for one can't wait to have a cyborg body. <laughs> I've just been waiting this whole time to get my like Cliff Steel robot body. <laughs> right, Robin and I've been talking about that. Like, if if the opportunity came up uh, to be a brain in a jar and a robot body, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Like, pop right in there. <laughs> you could just replace parts in that. You know, it's, yeah, these things that we're in <laughs> are not efficient. No, but you got to just do the best you can. <laughs> yeah, you do. Um, I, that's been really interesting to like sort of reread this comic and look at it from that point of view, too, because I remember reading it previously and I didn't really think about that stuff so much. But like that was pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's fresh eyes and and a different worldview now. Yeah. And like I I relate to Aleph so hard after the experience of the last two and a bit years, and, oh, and that's one of the yeah. reasons actually why I, I I'm really glad that we got to ch- pick this book because rereading it has sort of like. Yeah, it's simultaneously a bit stressful because it's like, yeah, I relate to this a lot and this is a lot of the stuff that's... But it's it's cathartic to read because it's like, oh, I'm not the only one that feels like this. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously the team yeah. that created this book has similar feelings about these situations and it's nice to read a piece of work by someone who is obviously experiencing similar feelings about the world and that brings in again like virtually again but a sense of community yeah yeah and And just seeking community yeah seeking comfort and peace and happiness and looking you know looking for it having to do the difficult painful work of it (laughs) exactly you know i think that's that's really the theme that stuck with me from this book which is why i wanted to talk about it it's just the like you know especially in the pandemic we talk about like self-care 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 take care of yourself self-care log off you know and it's we we get this idea of self-care in our heads as the pastel Instagram graphic version of it, of mm. like, you know, do a, take a bubble bath and do a face treatment and meditate and light a candle and write down ten things you love about the world <laughs> and like, I yes, those can be self care, but also self care is like, you know, sometimes it's apologizing to people you've hurt, yeah, and sometimes it's like checking your behavior and sometimes it's having to dig down and get to the root of like why you behave a certain way and why that's harmed people and sometimes self-care 
does not feel good <laughs> and is gross and messy and hurts a lot. But and so yeah. that's the theme from this book that really was like stuck with me. And when I went back to reading it again in preparation for this, it was like some of the lines just like get like, oh, right. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, and that's it. Like you say, like yeah, self care is messy. Like it, self care isn't all bubble baths and fucking eye masks. It's yes, it is. Sometimes it's the dark, dirty, messy, hard work that's really uncomfortable and makes you look in the mirror at all the things that you've been trying to avoid. But yeah. it's worth it. Like the the person that I am today, through having all of these difficult conversations over the years with my partner about both of our neurodivergencies and all the things that I realized that I never actually learned and got taught growing up because of the way I was raised. Just like things I was just missing, not even things I was actively doing, but just things <laughs> I didn't know were a thing. Yeah. Communication and yeah. social wise. It's just like, I'm such a better person now. I'm a stronger, yeah. more more articulate, more communicative person, and and I it's a have process. It's it a is. process that you have to like restart over and over and over again. Because yeah. there's always something new. <laughs> there's always something new that you have to sit down and be like, why? Why did this make me feel this outsized reaction? Yeah, you know <laughs> exactly. Why did I say this thing that I thought was normal? but hurt someone else. <laughs> exactly. And it's examining the systems you grew up with. It's examining the world around you. It's examining what you've internalized, you know, and saying like, okay, I fucked up. How do I, how do I move forward? Exactly. And for anyone who feels like they might be struggling with feelings like this, this is a book that's really worth reading for that reason. Like it, it's a fun book. It's also a very heavy book in some ways. And it like it felt good to reread it. Like it, it felt good yeah. to go through this book again and It's also and... just a, like a visually stunning Oh my god, book. yeah. No. <laughs> the, it's the... just I mean, you know, yeah. ha um Harry's colors, Jen's yeah. art. Yeah, and and Hassan's lettering as well. Like I I was I There's was... a lot of text sometimes. Yeah. And I was he sometimes he key manages to place things very elegantly oh yeah i was staring at that that contract that they projected onto the wall yeah. and just like <laughs> watching the way that he fragmented it off at the bottom and just dissipated it into nothing and i was just like that is so cool I and love just jen's page layouts yeah where you you know when you you can see in the page layouts when things shift from being like memory to reality to reality breaking down to Ayo's perception versus what's real like it's just the storytelling the structure is just amazingly well done it really is and like yeah like the the people working on this book are some i've got a lot of favorite people in comics i'm not gonna lie i i'm 80 i've got adhd i've got a lot of favorite <laughs> everythings but yeah, the people working on this book are some of my favorite people in comics. And if I see their names on a book, I will buy that book. Yeah. I, I don't care what the topic is. I know <laughs> that if that person is working on that book, that it's going to be a really cool read. Uh, because 
I, I love their work, for one, whether it's the art, the writing, or whatever. But also, because I've read so many books with their names on them, I know I can trust their judgment on a story that they've chosen to work on. That yeah. if they've chosen to do this book, then it's going to be a good book. Because I haven't seen any of them work on any clunkers yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm i just such a fan of Jen's work. I oh. was just so excited to know that they were doing the variant covers oh, for yeah. I Walk With no, the Monsters. I can imagine. Like, that was a huge honor for me. Like, I was just... Every cover that I saw was just, like, just so, like evocative yeah yeah no i i completely get that i would i would love to work with jen on something too honestly i'd love to have jen do a cover for one of the books that i'm trying to write later this year um if you know if i couldn't get them to do interiors on something because they're too busy <laughs> i would love to have them do a cover on something uh and just it's it's all good it's all good like i'd love to have hassan letter something that i'm working on um, I'm actually talking to Hassan at the moment about coming on the show. He's just got to pick a date, so that's going to be exciting. Nice. Um, yeah. I'd love to work on something with um, Chris. Yeah, Zarella. same. At Vault, preferably. <laughs> yeah, same. So, yeah, again, I, I know I've said this, like, almost every episode this season, but Adrian, Damien, if you guys are, are watching this, we're here. Like, your boy wants to do some covers, and... Like, I've got a really cool sci-fi comic that I'm... Well, I think it's cool, that I'm working on. Hit me up. Let's talk. I would <laughs> love to publish something with Vault. <laughs> yeah, there are some like, really cool Like, I just think that there's here. just, like... I think it's just awesome that... There's just so many artists and writers coming from different parts of the world now. Yeah. And right? I love seeing just, like... I mean, there's just so much out there. It like, really part is. of why I love comics and collaborating... And, like, that aspect of comics is, like, there's so many cool people out there to work with. There's so many smart, creative, vibrant people who want to make stuff. And every single time, you know, every time I work with somebody, it's a learning experience. Right. And I, it, it makes me happy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's something I've said about this show almost every episode, too. I'm sure some people are probably getting sick of hearing it. But, like, I learn so much from doing this show every single yeah. guest i get to talk to i take away so much that is informing my own work and like i've only put out two short comics i drew one and i wrote the other at so far but i've got a bunch of stuff in the works that i feel confident in that people are going to like it it might not be perfect but i feel confident enough that people are going to at least enjoy it and like it and that is from doing this show for the last two years and learning so much of the craft just through conversation. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just like... I mean, my, my comics origin story is like I did classes at School of Visual Arts in New York in high school doing their like pre-college program. I had signed up to do, like, I don't know, painting, something, something in the fine arts... Then I met the like people in the cartooning program. It's just like I want to be around these people, right? <laughs> I yeah. want to be around 
these like these people th- these are the people that i feel at home with i know exactly what you mean <laughs> like i i have always wanted to do comics because i just voraciously consume them at 12 years old and i was like i want to do a comic one day when i grow up <laughs> i i could retire today happy because look i've got a hardcover with my art in it and i wrote a two-page comic that i got to work with minerva yeah. fox on and i'm like that's crazy that's awesome. done i've written a comic and i've drawn a comic I'm good. Yeah. But when I was in university, 2010, when I first moved to Brisbane, I was doing games design because I was looking at getting into board games and tabletop games and maybe doing concept art for video games or something. And then we had a guest lecturer in the illustration for design class. And it was Stuart McKenney, who's done a lot of work for DC yeah, and Star Wars. And... And I got to know Stuart, and Stuart was a guest at the same convention that I was a guest at last year, and we got to catch up after not having seen each other for a few years. And it was so nice to see him so excited and happy to see that I had gotten <laughs> to that point. And I was like, it just sort of came full circle for me, you know, like meeting him and having that discussion pushed me to start pursuing writing and drawing and creating for comics in a more real way and then the first time that I actually got to that point and was being recognized for the stuff that I was doing there he was again yeah and I was like yeah these are my people <laughs> these comics creators yeah. and D&D nerds are my people and I'm so happy to be able to be a part of it even if I can't create as much comics content as I would like because it's not cheap yeah uh, in in the time frames that I would like yeah. it is my honor and privilege at least to be able to do this show and have a platform to share with other creators and get to be with and discuss the craft with fellow yeah. people yeah and like talk about other people's work and be able to lift up other people you know yeah like and- I think it's really great that it's like well, I get to talk about someone else's comic that I love. I get to talk about another creator that I love. It's like I get to, you know, put over Jen's uh, I Walk With Monsters covers. Like, it's great. <laughs> get to just be like, wow, these col- like this sequence of colors is amazing. This se- this layout right. is just like so, in- you know, so inspiring in the way that they think about this. Yeah. Um, it's just like so great. Exactly. Just gushing. <laughs> well... I think we've, we've covered the first two issues, think, which is good. Yeah. I don't want to spoil too much more for people, so go buy the comic. I'm going to link it in the description and everything. Um, Sally, where can people find you? Um, I am on Twitter and Instagram at Sally underscore Cantorino. Uh, my last name is spelled C-A-N-T-I-R-I-N-O. <laughs> it's an impressive last name. Um <laughs> And uh, from there, you can find like link trees to my portfolio and Threadless store and Gumroad or whatever. Um, oh, you got a Threadless? All right. I do. I know I what do. I'm I doing ha- with my I... next little bit of extra cash. Yeah. I... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm mostly on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can find the final girls on Comixology Unlimited. If you have Comixology, Comixology Unlimited, you can read it for free. Um, that I'm 
extremely proud of that work that I did on that book. Um, and then I Walk With Monsters and Human Remains from Vault. I believe yeah. the next issue of Human Remains is out next week. Excellent. Excellent. I've been waiting for Maybe that the one. Week after? The, last, the last issue was like, what the fuck? <laughs> issue four. I'm wor I just finished working on issue seven, so I'm like, what did even happen in that issue? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a whole one. I'm not gonna talk about that too much here in case I give a spoiler, but I'm definitely hoping yeah. to do an episode about that soon. So if anyone who isn't on the show yet hasn't picked a book <laughs> Pick I Walk with Monsters or Human Remains. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> uh excellent. So I will link all of those I'll link your your Twitter and your Instagram and stuff down below. I'm gonna link Final Girls and those comics below. I've read I Walk with Monsters, I've read Human Remains, Final Girls is sitting in my comicsology waiting for me. So I'm looking forward to that. Um I will link all of those below so that you guys can find Sally and enjoy Sally's work. I am Sean Sunday. You can find me as Brainbeast Studios anywhere. You know, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, wherever. You'll be able to find links to my Discord below, as well as the Australian Illustrators Discord. If you want to make comics and you're in Australia, please join that Discord <laughs> and talk to me. I want to help. I want to make more comics with you, and I want to help more people make comics. Um, let's do it. Until next time. This has been No Capes, the show where we talk about creator-owned comics with creators who own comics. I am Sean Sunday. Please, if you like the show, go check out Patreon. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share the episode. You know, maybe leave it on in the background a couple of times. Give us some extra views. I'll see you next time for the next episode. I'm doing these out of order, so I don't know who that's going to be. But <laughs> thanks for watching, and see you later. <laughs>